As you know, especially if you live in the Fraser Valley, there is an ongoing transit strike in that part of the province. And we're starting to hear more and more from people who depend on transit who are not able to get to where they are going. Well, joining us now is president of QP561, Jane Gibbons, to talk a bit more about this. Jane, thank you so much for taking some time today. Thank you for having us. That's great. Thank you. Uh, can you talk a little bit? I know some of the residents who depend on transit are speaking out and uh, in some cases even pleading for a deal to be reached for the return of transit service. How do you respond when you see people who are left in these situations where they're missing medical appointments and unable to get to places like work? Yeah, we we, um, we are all fully aware of the difficulties that the public is happening or sorry, that is happening for the public. Um, some of our members are in the same boat, their family, uh, their their spouses, and it's it's a difficult situation. We we tried everything we could with the employer. We gave plenty of notice that um, we were going to go out if they weren't willing to negotiate, and unfortunately, it didn't uh, didn't pan out the way we had hoped for it. We're not happy that this is happening to the public. Um, we're asking the public, please contact BC Transit. Let them know that these things are happening to them. And where are things right now as far as uh, I know that uh, there was a withdrawal of services that started uh, back on March 20th. Has there been any moves to getting back to the table or any kind of talks? No, none at all. The employer hasn't contacted us um, to get back to the table. And I know you've been asked this uh, many, many times, but Jane, can you remind us again, what are the main issues for the members of your union? The main issues are wages, of course, and I just want to make it clear, everybody is hearing about this 16% that the employer has offered our members, which is correct, but the only problem that people don't understand is if we took the 16% over five years, in 2025, our members would be making the same wages as all the other drivers make in 2019. So we would still be six years behind in wages. So yes, 16% sounds like a lot, um, but it doesn't bring us anywhere near to the wages that the members of other bus companies are making. No, no pension at all. We have members that have been working here 20 years and there's no pension Uh, And then working conditions, trying to make the conditions more palatable for more people to work, to be with their families on a regular basis. Right now they're working long days and then having like three or four hours in the middle of the day off and then going back to work just to make full wages. So uh, hoping to make that a better situation for our members. Right. So, So working things like split shifts? Yes. Lots of split shifts. Is that something, though, that's in the collective agreement, or how did that come about? That is uh, BC Transit. BC Transit does the runs, and they send it out to uh, the companies, and they say, this is how many uh, runs you have. You have to figure out how to how to um, make it work. And we do understand, like, the middle of the day, between, like, 11 and 1.30, there's not as many riders. The ridership drops quite a bit. Um, so that's why you don't have a lot of straight shifts from like eight in the morning till four in the afternoon, because there's those few hours where there's not as much ridership, but they're making it so that instead of just a few people have it, they're making it so everybody has those split shifts. So it just, it's just making it less and less 
less and less uh, of a job that you want to come to. So then we're short of drivers and then we're having to do overtime. And it's just the whole situation is just piling up on top of itself. Hmm. Have you had a lot of drivers or members of your union leave because of this? Because of the strike? No, well, because of the strike, but also leading up to the strike, if the conditions were so bad. Mm -hmm. Yes, we often have um, members that uh, just join. Uh, They have sometimes they're in training to be a driver, which is about a four week program. And they leave halfway through training when they find out the situation. So that's where we're not being able to get enough drivers. We have people that have been here six years and like, I'm out of here. I found something better. Uh, So, yeah, it happens on a regular basis that we're losing drivers. And when you talk about it, too, and you're right, 16% does sound like like a lot, but when mm-hmm. you compare it to what other what other comparable jobs are making, and I, and I know you don't want to negotiate and it doesn't work to negotiate through media, but have you put forward a number that would be a reasonable oh, yeah. number? Yeah, we, we, we put through uh, what we considered very reasonable with um, uh, close to scale is the best way that I can describe it as, as everybody else is receiving and um, trying to make it easier for the employer to fulfill that. And they won't even look at it. So at this point then, what hope do you have or, or what is going to make any difference or, or make one side move in this dispute? Well, we're hoping that the public will uh, start making a really loud noise to BC Transit and to their MLAs, their mayors, because uh, I'm not sure if everyone is aware that Abbotsford and Chilliwack Admission, they have a say in how their transit system works as well, because part of that money comes from them. So making um, everybody know this is not right. You need to do something about it. Get back to the table and start negotiating. And until then, I mean, is there anything else? I know things are down to essential services at this point, uh, handy dart running. Uh, Is there anything else that your union can do? Um, we're, well, right now we're just trying to keep our members, uh, morale up. Um, it's difficult for them. They, they don't like that the public is, is not getting what they need. Um, they don't like hurting the public and making it difficult for them. They also are, um, not making their wages. They're not making money. So we're trying to make sure that, uh, they understand that this is what we need to do to make the, uh, employer aware and they're ready to stand out there, but we just want to make sure that they're safe and taken care of as well. Right. Uh, you mentioned too, that the, the municipalities, Abbotsford, Mission, Chilliwack, that they, they have a stake in this as well. Uh, is it difficult for you that, and, and I get it's a different part of the region, it's a different part of the province, but is it, is it frustrating as well that it doesn't get the same amount of attention as a transit strike in Metro Vancouver gets? Absolutely. Um, it, and, and the thing is that we come into Metro Vancouver. We drive all the way to Lougheed Station. We have, uh, we have a picket line at Lougheed Station. There's been uh, no media go to visit our picket line at Lougheed Station. That's uh, where we drive every morning, all the way from Chilliwack to Lougheed Station. So we are part of Metro Vancouver now. And uh, low, uh, also Langley at Carville. We are part of Metro Vancouver, and yet we're not treated like Metro Vancouver. So it is difficult. Right. What about, so would you like to see some kind of intervention as far as government intervention or something, even if it was to bring the two sides back to arbitration or mediation? Not at this point. Um, I know it's... uh, um, 
it seems like it's time, but it's only been a couple of weeks. And uh, we're hoping that uh, over the next week or so, the employer will see that we're serious. We didn't feel that the employer felt we were serious when we were talking strike. Maybe they see now that we are serious and they need to come back because we're not going to get anywhere if they don't. So we're hoping that the government doesn't feel that they need to step in just yet. Um, but we do want the government to be aware of what's going on and start talking to BC Transit and the uh, local areas and say, you know, get these guys going. Right. And I, I know there's been a lot of talk on the transit users and, again, people talking about missing their appointments and not being able to get around when we are talking about such a large area. Um, and how are the workers doing? Because it's not easy for workers being on strike either. No, and they are <laughs> they're, they they struggle. They're um, they are uh, carpooling. We're doing a lot of carpooling, so we've kind of tried to set up the picket lines so that like four or five of them uh, that live close together or at the same place that they can drive together. So the cost is not too much. Um, the ones going out to Lowheat Station, we have members that live in Surrey, so we're trying to have the people that live closer to Lowheat because it's a uh, it's an expense for them. Um, the union has bought a lot of coffee, <laughs> so we try to keep them uh, keep them going with coffee and donuts and muffins. And um, there's been a lot of positive positive public um, intervention. I don't know if intervention's the word, but they they've come out. They're they're uh, talking to our members. I was at Lowheat this morning, and a bus emptied out, and half of them just came and stopped and asked them how they were doing. So that's a positive thing for our members, knowing that the public supports them. All right. Well, we will continue watching to see what happens next with this. Jane Gibbons, thanks so much for taking some time today. I appreciate your time. Thank you.